All right, and hey, good morning to you. We are so glad that you are here with us today at Dorisville. A lot of churches you could attend, um, but you chose to come here, and we're very grateful for that. And I just, I, my heart is very full um, with the praise team. They did such a great job. A couple of them have been sick all week and don't feel good, but they still came and they served. And I just really appreciate our team. They did a great job. And the songs were just so encouraging. Um, one of my favorite songs for <laughs> past 23, probably in 22, is the blessing song. Uh, it just overwhelms me. Um, I think about praying for my family and that God is for me, God is for me, God is for me. Um, it really blesses my heart. And that's something good um, to carry into 2024. 20, uh, well, listen, we start our new series today, and, and it's called uh, 24, Redeeming the Time. And you probably don't remember, but in 23, because it was 2023, uh, we used that number, 23, and we focused on the 23rd Psalm and <laughs> ended up staying like till Easter in there. It's supposed to be like a five-week series or four, and it went up being like nine. But anyway, I don't see that happening this year. But you probably guessed already, with 2024, I was thinking, saying, okay, Lord, what can we do with this? And boy, one day it just popped in my brain about using the number 24 and redeeming the time. Of course, we're all aware there are 24 hours in each day and that we need to redeem the time. We need to make the most of the time in 2024. And I was sitting in my office in between these two services, studying and thinking. And I said, you know what? Really, this, this whole thing is about... It's what to do. This is important. This, what, this is new, okay? Um, not, not in first service. You know, what do you do with 2023? What do you do with 2023? Um, I guarantee you, some of us have regrets, um, some circumstances we're dealing with, some, some things are hard. And uh, what do you do with 2023? And then what are we going to do with 2024? So you're not, I mean, who starts a sermon series on the last Sunday of the year, right? Well, the guy who's preaching about time, of course. And here we are, and we're on, um, we're on you know, New Year's Eve. And so we want to sing, uh, preach a song, our sermon titled, My Watch is Going Off. Somebody's calling me. That's not a good sign, probably. <laughs> anyway, um, our sermon title today is, you know, Auld Lang Syne. And, you know, I looked that up to find out what that really means, and I still am confused, you know? I really am. But um, probably the best definition for the English translation um, would be probably, um, you know, for old time's sake, for old time's sake. Hang on a second, guys. I've got that on silent, but it's still coming through. Okay. Um, I've got a feeling. Who can I call upon? Who can give Cynthia Fox O'Connor a call? She knows the church is going on. That's probably not good news. Somebody have her number. Uh, give her a call, please. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. That, there's something going on there. I promise you. Okay. So anyway. So anyway. So here we are. So old, old, you know, old, old, old boy, I'm all screwed up now. You know, old, <laughs> can't even talk. You want to mess the preacher up, just call him while he's preaching, you know. <laughs> anyway, you know, all Lang Syne is, you know, for, for things gone by. And it's a song that we sing always uh, on New Year's. And it it's carries a double meaning. It's kind of like, hey, let the past be in the past, okay? Let the past be in the past. And especially when there's a broken relationship or something going on and putting the past in the past where it belongs. And that's what we want to talk about today for 2023. What do you do 
with 2023, okay? You know, we were sitting here last year. Well, actually, this was New Year's Day last year, all right? And, uh, and now we're on New Year's Eve. But, you know, that was 12 months ago. And I probably told you, you know, that we weren't guaranteed how much time we were going to have. And lo and behold, here we are 12 months later, and, and we're breathing, okay? Uh, that, that also equates to 52 weeks or, or 365 days. Are you ready for this? 526,000 minutes. Actually, 526,000 and uh, 525,600 minutes. But we're not quite done yet. So we're just a little bit less than 525,000 minutes. And by God's grace, we're here today. You know, I know my family. I lost a couple of loved ones this year. And some of you have lost some loved ones. There was no guarantee. Um, Brent said that. He said, I can't tell the future. And he's right. He can't. But fortunately, we know a God who holds our future, and we're grateful for that. So we want to talk about mainly today, what do you do with 2023? Okay? What do you do with 2023? Well, our starting point begins like this. Um, As the old year slips into the past, and again, like I just told you, you've got just about mm, 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 maybe 700 minutes left before midnight tonight. So this old year is slipping away from us. And again, keep in mind, you can't do anything with the past, okay? That's our problem. We want to go back and try to relive the past and and let the past haunt us, and we can't do that, okay? So as the old year slips into the past and we stand poised to leap into the next is a great opportunity to let go and let God be God. You know, what do you do with the new year? What, What do you do, you know? Well, let me ask you a question. How do, you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That's exactly right. One bite at a time. And that's exactly how you live this year. You know, we want to get overwhelmed with, oh, no, what about, okay? And frankly, we look back in 2023 and we go, oh, no, what about, okay? And we got to let that go and live this year one day at a time. Um, Christy Lane, I think it was, sang this song back in the 70s. You know, if you're older like me, you'll remember it. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do everything what I have to do. Every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus. And tomorrow may never come. Lord, help me today. Show me the way one day at a time. So that's what we want to learn is we want to let God teach us to live one day at a time and then let 2023 go. You know, there's an old story about a young man who was praying and he was in despair because he knew his life wasn't really what God wanted it to be. And he really sincerely wanted that to happen. So he put a big sign on his bedroom wall and left it there. And it simply said, let God, let God. And so he was spending some time in prayer. He was praying. And as he prayed, he saw or heard, I'm sorry, he heard a something fall off the wall. And that something was one of the letters. And it was the D in God. And now instead of saying, let God, it simply said this great message, let go. And this is a great opportunity for us as we launch into 2024 to let go and let God be God. You know, St. Augustine, um, one of the old dead guys, um, had a wonderful quote. You know, it says, trust your past to the mercy of God. Trust your past 
Now, let me give you two pieces of advice already about the past of 2023. Every one of us sitting here has something to be grateful for. So I want to encourage you, perhaps today, perhaps tomorrow, but relive and rethink the things that God did for you that you need to have gratitude for. You may want to, if you're a journalist, you may want to journal it. If you're a list maker or you're just like me, you just want to sit and stare off in space and kind of let God fill your mind, okay? So, so when we think about the past, you know, think about gratitude, but also think about grace. Every one of us has regrets this year. There's things that happened in 2023 that we wish we had not done. Some of them, most of them are small. Some are nuclear bombs. Some are nuclear bombs. And you know it. And you know it. And listen, you just got to trust that to the grace of God. I'm so glad for the forgiveness that God allows in our lives. Once again, the song, The Blessing, He is for me. Did, did you know God will never be against you once you're a child of His? Never. There's nothing you can do that will make God change His mind and turn against you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. So Augustine's right. We've got to trust our past to the mercy of God. Gratitude and grace. And then the present to his love. The present to his love. Trust him that he's going to take care of you. Once again, we heard that in the songs today. But have you ever thought about this? You know, you remember the story of the manna thing with the children of Israel back in the Old Testament? Remember, God was going to take care of them. And so he provided a thing called manna. And, and literally in the Hebrew, it means small round thing. I'm assuming it's Krispy Kreme donuts. Can I have an Amen. You know, anyway, and so they would go out every morning and there'd be a small round mound of this sweet substance, kind of like a honey wafer. It's really how the Bible describes it. And so they would go out every day and only get one day's worth, with the exception of Friday night where they're allowed to get two because of the Sabbath. So they would go out and there it would be and they'd pick it up and take it back. Eventually, a pattern developed and they get it in their mind and say something. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something we're supposed to learn here. Oh, I know what it is. God is good, God is faithful, and God can be trusted. Do you remember this from the Elijah series? God is good, God is faithful, and God can be trusted. So that is what Augustine's talking about when you trust the Lord with your present to his love. Listen, your God, the one you put your faith and trust in, is good. He is faithful, and he can be trusted. He can be trusted in 23, and he can be trusted in 24. And then finally, the future to his providence. Trust the, your future to the providence of God. You're, you know, he is sovereign. He is in control. We worry so much about the White House and the State House and the houses on, on Capitol Hill. We worry about the economy. We worry about the stock market. We worry about our health. We worry, worry, worry ourselves to death. And here's the deal. God is sovereign. Every, well, five days a week, I write and publish a blog. And the last three words are, he's got this. And he's got this, guys. He had your 2023, and he's got your 2024. You know, he's got this. You know, Psalm 139, this is one of the scriptures we used in Lodema's funeral on Thursday. Um, Psalm 139, 16 says this. You probably know it. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. How incredible is that? God, you saw me before I was even formed in my mother's womb. And yet all my days were numbered. God, you know how many, and you know the substance of those days. 
Now, I'll be honest with you. You can mess that up. It's a plan. God has plan these days. And trust me, it's a great plan. But you can mess it up. You can choose to do your thing and not God's thing and find yourself in a mess. Okay? But the important thing is he holds the future. The future to his providence. The, the future to his sovereignty. Now, where we want to camp and stay a while is a verse we looked at oh, during our greatest uh, showman series. It was our key verse. We really didn't preach it. We just kind of looked at it every once in a while. But it's a wonderful verse to answer the question. You know, God seems to answer it for us. What are we going to do with 23? What do, we, what, do we do with our, what do we do with our failures in 2023? What do we do with our success in 2023? What do we do with the things we wish we had done better? Well, it seems like God just shouts in our ears today, and he answers that. Look what he says in verse number 18. God says, forget all that. Forget all that. We'll come back to that in just a moment, our teaching point. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. God's saying, hey, listen, listen. If I was good in 23, I'm going to be better in 24. If, if, if you had some, if you needed grace in 23, I've got an abundance of grace for 24. If you need mercy in 23, I've got an abundance of mercy in 24. Let's look at that teaching point and see what it says. You know, the best thing we can do with the past. All right? So what's the best thing we can do with 23? Okay? The best thing we can do with 23 with 23, the past, is to one, now listen, celebrate the successes, but don't let them hold you back. All of us enjoy our successes. You may have had a wonderfully successful year. Maybe spiritually, you are very successful. Maybe financially, you are very successful. Maybe in your career, you are very successful. Maybe your marriage, okay? But the problem is, sometimes our successes can hold us back. We choose to live in the land of, I remember when. You don't know how many churches do this. Dorsville does that sometimes. We have such a reputation across the state. And, and we like to say, oh, I remember when we were number one in Lottie Moon. And I remember when we used to be number one in Annie. And I remember when we baptized 45 people. And I remember when the youth ran 70 and, and this and that and all those different things. You know, I remember when. Don't live in the land of I remember when. Don't let your, your past successes hold you back from future successes. Don't, whew, this is pretty good. Don't be content living with the past successes when God wants to give you new successes. Got that? That's worth, did you write that down? That's worth writing. Because so many of us say, I'm content with the past. Don't be content with the past. Don't let your successes hold you back. And then, and then, learn from the failures. Don't, don't just forget the failures. Don't just write them off. Learn from them. Every failure is an opportunity to learn. Every failure is an opportunity to learn. So we're going to learn from the failures, but we're not going to let them control our mind, control our lives, and control our actions. No, we're going to file them away. We're going to learn, and then we're going to file away. All right? Then the last thing, wait with anticipation for the next big thing God has for you. Now, listen, I don't know how good you did in 23, and you said, boy, God just couldn't outdo himself. Want to bet? You ever saying you can't outgive God? You can't out-anticipate God. You, you think he did great last year? 
Who knows what he's got planned for you this year? You know, and wait with anticipation with the next big thing um, that God has for you. Wait to see what he's going to do. Now, in verse number 19 of the first part, he said, I am about to do something new. I am about to do something new. Newsflash, God never gets stuck in a rut. God never gets stuck in a rut. We do, but God does not. Newsflash, God's best days are not 50 years ago in America. God's best days are right here, right now. In fact, God doesn't know anything but best days. Okay? So I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Did you know last night at 12 o'clock midnight, one second past that, he did something new. He started a new day. At 7.09 this morning, and you could see it then, the sun rose. The sun rose. He started a new day with new light. Okay? So look, he says, look, I'm about to do something new. You know, don't you see it? Can I encourage you to do something? Whether we're talking about 23 or 24, could I encourage you to look around and see what God did and what God is doing in your life? I guarantee there are people in the sound of my voice, whether it's Facebook, whether it's the radio, or it's in this room, God didn't do anything for me. You're just blinded. You know, if he reached down from heaven and saved your soul and never did a thing else, that's enough to praise him for all eternity. Amen? I mean, it's just amazing what he has done, what he has done. So, so Isaiah tells us, look, you know, forget, you know, forget that stuff, okay? But look what I've done. Don't you see? Don't you see what I am doing? So what's our teaching point? God is the God of new. God is the God of new. What does 2 Corinthians 5, 17 say? If any man be in... Christ, he is a new, yeah, new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, okay? So God is a God of new. Over in Revelation chapter uh, 21 and verse number one, John writes and says, oh, listen, listen, there, I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the old earth and the old heaven was wore out. So God is the God of New. And then, and then he says in verse number five, I like this part. He says, I'm making all things new. So when you get all frustrated and get all wound up and get all tight because of this or that and things you're worrying about, just remember this. He's going to make all things new. All things new. Let, let, let all Lang Syne be a part of your life. You know, for old time's sake, put what needs to be left in the past in the past. And what you need to bring forward, then feel free, of course, to bring it forward. Now, he continues in verse number 19, the second part. God says this, speaking to Israel, but to us, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. Okay, so whether it's your pathway to your past or your future, God's just saying this. Look, I'm going to make a pathway. I'm going to make a pathway through your wilderness, through your hard times, through your dry times, through your hard, the times that you just don't know what to do. He's going to make a pathway. And there's another song that we sing sometimes. Uh, one of the new modern songs says this. You know, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely by his side with love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. God will make a way. So as you're looking to the past but looking to the future, remember 
God's going to make a way. In fact, he comes along and says, I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. You know what came to my wasteland? You know what what came to my mind? Graves to gardens. Graves to gardens. You put a river in the middle of a desert, it's no longer wasteland. It's fertile. It's fertile. And the prophet is saying, God is saying, I will create rivers in your dry wasteland. Will you trust him with that in 24? Will you trust him with 23? That God, I'm going to trust that you're going to make those rivers instead of a dry wasteland. So what's our teaching point? God's new. You got to believe this. God's new is always better than the old. Okay. Grace. How many of y'all say grace, grace is better than the law? I mean, aren't you glad you don't have to keep the law? Man, we would not like make it anywhere, okay? But grace is better than law, and heaven exceeds the earth. We, we say, yeah, but things are so difficult here. Shoot, thing, you're just getting started. Heaven is coming, and heaven's better than the earth. This, this little thing here, hey, folks, save your fork. It's just a good story, and it's just a story. But man, is it a humdinger one. You know, a lady had cancer, invites her pastor over to kind of plan her service out. And the last, one of the last things she said was, now, preacher... I want you to make sure of something. I want to make sure they put a fork in my casket. And the preacher goes, well, well why is that? He says, well, I'm from the South. And, you know, we often had dessert at our meals. And so when they were collecting the plates from the table, they would lean down and whisper in my ear, keep your fork. And you know what I knew that meant? Dessert was coming. The best is yet to come. So listen, save your fork Because for the child of God, for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. You can embrace, listen, you can leave 23 in the past because God's going to take care of that. And you can embrace 24 knowing the best is yet to come. Amen. Now you got to believe, amen. You got to believe that. We are a people of faith and we believe that. And be honest with you. That best yet to come may be in heaven. It may be here. But the best is yet to come. Now, what we want to do now, we're going to leave Isaiah. Thank you, Isaiah, for those two verses. They were great. But what is the Apostle Paul? And this is one of my favorite scriptures um, in the New Testament. Paul's in prison, okay, Um, not too far from his death. The last letter was 2 Timothy, um, but it's, it's somewhere in there. So he's in prison. And, and he writes about uh, his past and his future, how he handles the future. Now, in verse 13a, Paul says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it by focus on this one thing. Now, I really like this because we sometimes think we've arrived. We think we know it all, especially when you're 16. Okay? You know, your parents are dumb and you know everything. We all know this is true. Okay? And so, yeah, that's how it is. But look what Paul says. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. You know what Paul is saying? He's saying, I've got a lot more to learn. Okay, to go, all right, write this down now. To go into 24, you have to have the attitude, I'm still learning. When you, as a Christian, think you know it all, you don't know anything. Okay, so enter 24 
with the idea I'm still learning. That's what Paul is saying. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. And the one thing was really more than that, but it's one mindset. That's our teaching point, our next teaching point. You know, three things God is doing. You got to remember this. Number one, he has plans for your life. We already talked about it. Every day of your life was planned. He's got plans. There used to be a little blue track. You know, it says, God has a wonderful plan for your life, and he does. And he does. So believe, believe that he has plans for your life. Believe. Now watch this. He is using your difficulties as an education for a higher calling. God doesn't waste suffering. If you've gone through 2023 with suffering, if you've gone through 20 and facing 24 with suffering, God doesn't waste it. You can take it to the bank that if God's allowing suffering in your life, it is for a purpose. It is for a purpose. So he uses these difficulties as an education for a higher calling. And lastly, he is training you for something larger than yourself. Not only has he planned for 24, but it's bigger than you could ever imagine. Now, now, my favorite part of 313 is the second part, forgetting the past. I love this. Forgetting the past. Can I be honest and candid? I don't do it well. I let shame and guilt be my partner way too often. I admit it. I admit it. But it's something I strive for because I know the freedom. If I ever figure it out, I know I'm going to be free like I've never been free before. But what did Paul mean? I mean, does he have a magic pill that he takes and suddenly he can forget his past? No, not that at all. You know, and Paul had a, anybody here have a past? Yeah, Paul had a really big past. Talking about baggage. If y'all have baggage, yeah, Paul had bigger baggage. See, I, I always say it this way. Let's see if you remember me saying it. Before Paul was a Jesus lover, he was a Jesus hater. Okay? He hated Jesus and he hated everyone who loved Jesus. Okay? His go to work job was to have Christians arrested and either A, thrown into prison or killed. Okay? And that meant families were left without support. It was a big, it was a big arching, overarching thing, okay? That's what he did. He would go into town, and people would go, you know, he looks a little familiar. Oh, that's right. He's the guy that ordered my husband's death, okay? Then he meets Jesus, and he goes from being a Jesus hater to being a Jesus lover. And he goes from being a, a Jesus follower hater to a Jesus follower lover. He had baggage. He had baggage, so he's not saying, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just like, I take this magic pill every morning and I just forget all that. No, that's not what it means. Don't you wish you could do that? Are there things in your, did something happen in 2023 you just wish you forget? Sure, can't do it. But what can you do? You can do what Paul's saying. Paul is saying, I refuse to let my past control my present and my future. I refuse to let my past control my present and my future. And trust me, that is something you can do. Somewhere in two funerals and all the stuff that we did this week, you know, I I mentioned and said, you know, we cannot do anything often about our circumstances. But what we can do is something how we respond to our circumstances. And that's what, what Paul was saying. Paul said, I can't change my past. But I can, I can, the way I respond, I can not allow it to impact my present and my future. This is, the big, this is probably the biggest thing. I, 
am I the only one in the room that's haunted by my past? Gosh. And Satan plays that trump card so often. He always, have you noticed how, you know, you ever play war with cards? I, I play with my, my grandson, you know, and, and we alternate who wins. But whoever wins has got all the aces and the jokers, you know? And Satan seems to hold all the aces and all the jokers. And I'll be going along doing pretty good, and he'll throw one of those things down, and boom, past looms up before me. It's terrible. It's terrible. And it drags me back into my past. Well, guess what? God forgave your past. That's a good place for an amen. God forgave my past. And there's no limit to how many times he's going to do that. It's just, it's just amazing. So here's, here's the big teach. This is worth the price of admission. If nothing else I said made any sense, this will. The past is a place to learn from, not a place to live. Can I have an amen? We want to learn from our past, but we should not live in our past. And by the way, this is free. It just popped in my brain, okay? Would you quit reminding everybody of their past? Who made you judge I think I just died. There, I'm back. Who made you judge and jury of that? You know, Satan does that. Don't you do it if you're a child of God. Okay? Don't do that. So, so, so live, don't live in the past, but learn from the past. Rick Warren says it good. Your worst failure can become your greatest success. The lessons we learn from our failures can blossom and grow into a great success. So forget, forget the past. Forgetting the past. And then he says in verse 313, looking forward to what lies ahead. So we're going to forget the past. We're going to forget, we're going to forget 2023. And we're going to look forward to 2024. Have you ever noticed something? If you're a driver in a car, you've got a couple of viewing options. You have this thing called the windshield. You've got the thing to your left and to your right called side windows. And then you've got this thing called a rear view mirror. Okay? Have you ever wondered why the windshield's the biggest of the three? Because it's the most important. The windshield allows us to look forward. And we want to live our lives looking through the windshield and not that little thing called the rear view mirror. Oh, yeah, every once in a while I need to think about the past. I'm going to refuse it. And by the way, if you're one of those ones that like to look around, that's dangerous too. Keep your eyes on the windshield, looking forward to what lies ahead. Have you asked God yet, what God can I look forward to in 2024? Oh, man. William Carey said this, the future is as bright as the promises of God. William Carey, missionary. The future is as bright as as the promises of God. Do you believe that for 2024? Are you willing to trust God? The future is that bright. You know, Spurgeon said this. This is good. Our hope in Christ for the future, now get this, is the mainspring and mainstay of our joy down here today. See that word mainspring? That's the mainspring is what drives a clock. That's what makes it go tick, tock, tick, tock. It's the power. Well, he's saying our hope in Christ is the power that we live by. Oh, and the mainstay, that's the anchor. I love the song when Dave Nave sings it. You know, 
the anchor holds. Though the ship is battered, the anchor holds. So as we face 2024, we had the hope of Christ. We had the power of Christ and the anchor of Christ to hold us all together. All right, so let's get this thing, put a bow on it. In Philippians 3.14, okay, Paul says this, I press on. So what we want to do, put 23 in the past, leave it there, okay? And we're going to look forward to 24, and we're going to press on. Where are we press on to? To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So we're going to put the past in the past where it belongs, and then we're going to reach on, we're going to press on toward the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what we're going to do. That's what we do with 23, and that's what we do with 24. And we're going to spend the next four weeks, I think it is, we're going to spend the next four weeks on different ways that we can make 24 a successful year spiritually um, for us. I want to close with a quote from uh, Churchill, and it says this, Success is not final. That's what I was talking about. Remember, don't, let the, don't live in the past successes, okay? You need future successes. Success is not final, and failure is not fatal. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts, and that's what we need to do. I want to invite you to have courage, have the courage to trust God. The courage to trust God with 2024. Would you have the courage to ask God to forgive you for 2023? the places you need forgiveness? Well, you have the courage to admit that, God, it wasn't me, it was you for all the successes. And then would you be willing to trust him for 2024? I hope that we will. Now, we're going to spend the next weeks, okay? And again, we're going to look at different ways. And one is our Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are challenging and they're dangerous. So I hope you'll come back every week and let's learn how we can go to the end, if God grants us time, that we can come to the end of 2024 and look back and be like Paul. Be like Paul. I've learned to forget what I need to forget and look forward to what I need to look forward to. Would you bow your head, please? Thank you so much for your patience today. I appreciate it so much. So if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, then would today be that day? You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. Would today um, be that day? I'll be standing, I'm sorry, Brent will be standing down front. And if we can help you uh, find out who our friend Jesus is, if you'd like to come to the altar and pray, we would invite you to do that today. We invite you to do that today. If you've already trusted Christ, would you be willing to trust Jesus with 2024? Your marriage, your health, your finances, would you be willing to trust Jesus with 2024. I hope that you will. Father, thank you so much for what you have done and what you're going to do. Thank you, Father, for the grace of 2023. We all have those regrets. I'm glad they're under the blood and forgiven. Thank you for that. And boy, our hearts should be filled with gratitude as we count down this year of all that you have done for us. Thank you for that. Now, as we face 2024, help us to do so trusting you. Help us to learn over the coming weeks different secrets and techniques and scripture that we can trust you with uh, for 2024. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen.